As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, I'm Alex Ebnos. This is World Cup Every Day for November 17th. We're all head down, putting out a huge amount of stories about all sorts of World Cup things. So to be honest, none of us have had much time to go outside today. But when we did, late at night, myself, Felipe, Sam, and Paul went to the Souk Wakif Market. That's the same place we were yesterday, by the way. But we found some things there were slightly different. Basically, our impression is that it's starting to seem ever so slightly like a World Cup is about to happen in this country. Oh wow, we got a camel. We have a camel in the middle of the market. Not really in the middle of the market, in this fenced-in sand area. And a huge group of Tunisia fans walking by the camel. Cool. The camel does not like being close to all this noise. It just stood up. We also encountered some things that we, or at least I, truly did not expect to see. We're in the section of the Sukhwakif. It is full of birds, like bird shops and pet shops. Can you hear them? Very unexpected. God, there's so many. This is like a separate square in this market. And there are probably about 20 or 30 stalls surrounding it. And they're all selling birds or pets. There's like a rabbit stand here. Wow. 
Today was also a big deal because it's the first full day we share with one of our colleagues from the United Kingdom, Jack Pitbrook, who covers England for The Athletic, met up with me after we got back from Sukhwakif and after he had gotten back from England's first press event of the tournament. Jack Pitbrook, we are here in person in Qatar. You've been on this show once before across the Atlantic on a Zoom line. This is preferable, I think. Yeah, this is definitely prefer- <laughs> this is definitely preferable in just about every way. Uh, so you have just experienced your first full day in Qatar. You arrived the day before, I guess today. What's it been like, man? What what are, what are your first impressions? We've been talking among us, us ourselves, the Americans, that all sort of arrived early. Just how sort of eerily sort of eerie the vibe is here. Like it's it's like everything is still getting set up for the massive throngs of people that are about to come. I think that's starting to change today. What have, what have you sort of seen? Yeah, it's quite difficult to describe really because I mean, I've never been to anywhere like this before. Right. So I would have, you know, even in a non, non-World Cup environment, I would have nothing to, to compare being in Doha to. Yeah. And then on top of that, you've got the, you know, the added, you know, if you attend something like a World Cup, you're obviously living a very like mediated, quite artificial experience where everything is provided for you. You're going only to, or generally you're only going to, you know, official FIFA branded events, whether that's the main media center to collect your accreditation or to the England media center to attend their press conference earlier. Um, so you're living this in this weird kind of bubble, in this weird official FIFA bubble all the time. Uh, which is quite difficult to to kind of convey just what that's like to somebody who who lives back in the real world, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's be you know I've certainly had an interesting day. It's it's very hot here, and that that certainly makes me wonder how England are going to. Well, basically, all the teams who have to play in the earlier kickoff slots, the I guess the one pm and the four pm slots. Yeah, that's going to be a struggle. I think. Do we, do England have games in those slots? Yeah, so England's first game is Iran at four pm right. Doha time on Monday, and England's next two games are ten pm. Where I think hope where it'll be. I mean, it'll be cooler, but it's not that cool at ten pm. Right. It's still. I think it's still pretty hot at 10 p.m. We were just walking outside on the way over here, and like we're both sweating. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in terms of England specifically, what's the story going? You know, of the maybe with the last week of their of their whole preparation. Um, what's been been the reaction to the Southgate squad? You know, all of that is is, is the mood generally positive, uh, or is it? I, I feel like with England, there's often like this sort of like undercurrent of pessimism that sort of uh runs through so much of at least the fandom is that there this time or is it less so now that they had that great performance in the euros i think i think the bigger picture vibe on england right now is quite negative because england have played pretty badly for all of 2022 okay uh the fans have really got on southgate's back when England lost 4-0 to Hungary at Wolverhampton in the Nations League in June. And I've never seen Southgate get that kind of abuse from England fans. And then again, England lost in uh, in Milan in the Nations League in September. And again, all the the England fans who travelled over for the game were booing and heckling Southgate. So... I think there's just a general bit... There's a bit of a feeling that Southgate's been in the job for six years now. It's, you know, maybe he's the whether the fans have got bored of him or the players or the media, it feels a little bit, the whole thing feels a little bit stale, I think, now. So in in the bigger picture sense, people are not very optimistic. 
this week, I think, has actually been quite a positive week because all everyone's been talking about for the last three months are, is he going to finally play James Madison, pick James Madison? Yeah. Having not played, he's only, Madison's only played 30 minutes of senior international football, and that was three years ago. Um, and then last this time last week, Southgate calls him up. Uh, today, Madison gave England's first press conference at their base in Al-Wakra. Um, and yeah, it was just it, today. It was a really positive vibe hearing Madison talk about how how hard he's worked to get back in the squad and his hopes for the World Cup. Does him getting picked? Is, are there any tea leaves to read there with him getting picked first for for the press conference and their availability uh, when they get here? I I I'm not expecting him to start against Iran. Sure. Uh, just because England already have like Foden, Grealish, Mount, Saka, Sterling. Um, but I think it's. I do think we'll see quite a lot of him, just because you know, like the the schedule between the games is quite tough. The heat, the five subs rule. You know, we're going to see a lot of churn of individuals. I think between games and and in and in terms of rotation. So I think we will see Madison play. Um, and it's interesting because it. You know, it, lots of people thought that Southgate had a big personal issue with Madison, maybe. They maybe there was a f- people felt that maybe Madison hadn't impressed Southgate with some of his personal behaviour, but they've been very much like aligned in what they've been saying this week, and I think everyone's looking forward to seeing how Madison's going to do. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The thing that we've been talking about a lot, at least with the U.S. side, is just like, like we're getting way too deep into this. We're analyzing all sorts of like tactical matchups and things that we're worried about specifically with Wales. Obviously, England is after that. And we'll we'll talk plenty more about that in the in the weeks to come. But you all have Iran first. Is there anything in the Iran team, or has Southgate mentioned anything? Has the team mentioned anything that they're particularly looking forward to, or that they think they match up well against, or that they think they might not match match up well against? Do they know like how much do you think they know about how to approach Iran as a team? I think Southgate and Southgate and his assistant Steve Holland will have done huge amounts of work they're very sure. very detail-oriented guys they you know i think before generally before tournaments their approach will be to get two of their members of staff to watch as much footage as possible put together very very detailed reports and then you know eventually that will get presented to the players 
this this time we haven't yet heard any of the England camp talk about Iran in the last week or so. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure that will change as we get closer to, to Sunday. In terms of the problem that Iran faced, I think the biggest problem that Iran probably pose is is um, just how organised they are. Like they they are they play a really ugly organised style of football. <laughs> it's it true. was the same, you know, the same. Last World Cup with Carlos Quiroz, uh, the same with his Egypt team as well, Yeah, uh, who <laughs> played some incredibly ugly football <laughs> at the African Nations Cup. Um, so it's, and you know, if you factor in the heat as well, it's not going to be an exciting, expansive game at all. It's going to be a bit of a slog. I'm sure, I wonder if maybe it'll get, it'll get decided by a corner or a penalty kick or something like that, because I don't think we'll see a, a lot of entertaining football being played on Monday. Well, the fact that football will be played at all at the World Cup, I think, is very exciting. Are you excited for this World Cup? I feel like everybody has, like, mixed... It's a weird vibe just because of how it was awarded to Qatar, Qatar's record as a nation, all these things that we've talked about and reported about all the time. So you have to hold that at the same time that you're holding being excited for the World Cup, which is a sporting event that you and I and everybody that likes football really, really enjoys. Have you been, what's been your thought process on that? How have you been holding those two things at the same time? Yeah, it's a really good question. I definitely feel like in the time building up to this World Cup, I th- my main thought was how how wrong I think, how wrong I have always thought it was that the World Cup should be held here yeah. in through the process by which it was awarded here, yeah, and given everything that's happened since the award of the World Cup, um, and I don't think there's anything, and n- nothing I could see here would dissuade me of that view, right? Like, there's no, even if I have a great time, that is of no moral weight. Like, that doesn't matter. That that has no bearing on the, you know, on the human cost and the and the the moral cost of this World Cup. That said, I would be lying. I would be. I would be lying if I said to you there is not a small percentage of me that is really looking forward to watching England Iran on Monday. Like I'm looking. It's forward, a World Cup game. I'm it's looking, a World Cup over. Yeah, I am looking. Who's for, not excited for this? I'm looking yeah. forward to being in my seat and watching the watching the game up close, and then speaking to the players and the coaches afterwards, and then again for the next two games and catching the other games that I can on TV. Because the World Cup is, you know, is obviously one of the best things that's ever been invented, really. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, that in, and that in itself is why it's so, it ought to be protected better than it is, because clearly it's, it's not protected at all at the moment, um, in, terms of it, in, in terms of who it gets awarded to and how and why. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's a challenge to keep those two things in my head, at this, to, to, to balance out those two things in my head. Um, like I said, they're not equally weighted. I'm sure at some point over the World Cup, I will probably get that balance wrong. Like, you know, I'm sure we will all do a tweet that is not taken well on Twitter or say something dumb on a podcast or write something that's like insensitive or just wrong or whatever in a piece that we do. And I'm sure that, you know, there will be pushback on that because it is, you know, it's difficult to find that right tone and that right balance. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to reading all your coverage and seeing how this England team does because I think it's one of the more interesting teams in the tournament and I'm sure we'll talk to you much more about them as the as the tournament goes on but until then Jack thanks for uh, thanks for coming on thank you so much for having me that's it for today thank you so much to our wonderful producer Mike Zimmerman for putting this and all of our shows on this feed together I'm Alex Abnos we'll see you tomorrow